somebody that got saved that said, I'm, I regret getting saved. But I met a lot of them after they got saved, said, I wish, if I knew it was this good, I wish I'd have done it sooner. Amen. He's the best thing that ever happened to any of us. Boy, it's good to be in God's house this morning. Amen. It's good to be here when he's here. And I appreciate the Lord this morning. I want to go to the book of Acts, chapter number 8 this morning. And uh, we're going to have a little bit more singing, but we'll have a little more singing tonight. And uh, but I just feel like it's preaching time. You pray for us. And uh, this message was on my heart this morning. Pray that God will help us this morning. Acts chapter number 8, if you're able to stand with us in reverence to the Word of God in prayer. And we begin reading in verse number 5. And then after we pray, you can be seated. Acts chapter number 8 and verse number 5. The Bible said, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ unto them. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many that were possessed with them, and many taken with palsies, and and that were lame, were healed. But there was great joy in that city. Father... Lord, I do pray this morning that you would give us liberty. I pray that you would touch us this morning. I ask you, Father, to help us. Lord, to lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily besets us this morning. And Lord, we need you. We need help from heaven. God, we lift our eyes unto the hills from whence cometh our help. And Lord, we look to you this morning. I pray you to save the lost, reclaim the backslid. God, may the fires of revival burn continuously in our church for the glory and the honor of God. May the fires of revival burn in our hearts, in our homes, and may the will of God be done this morning. And we'll thank you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated this morning. I want to draw your attention here in just a moment to verse number 8. A little phrase in this verse. The Bible says, And there was great joy in that city. I want to look at that here in just a moment, but I want to say Acts chapter number 8, when it opens this chapter here, it opens in verse number 1 and 2 with the death of Stephen. That Stephen has died in, in verse number 60 of chapter 7 and verse number 1 says, And Saul was consenting unto his death, and at that time there was great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except uh, the apostles. And so uh, it opens, my friend, with the death of Stephen in verse 1 and 2. And then we see the destruction of Saul in verse number 3 and verse number 4. As the Bible says, and for Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering into every house and, and uh, hauling men and women, committing them to prison. And so the Bible said, therefore, that they were scattered abroad, that went everywhere preaching the word. And so uh, Saul is making havoc on the church. And, and it and talks about the death of Stephen and the destruction of Saul. But when we get to our text this morning, we see the delight of Samaria because the Bible said that Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Notice it mentions the city of Samaria. And then verse number 8 says, and there was great joy in that city. Amen. I'm telling you, anytime the Bible mentions a word more than once, we ought to pay close attention to it. Amen. And Philip goes down to the city of Samaria. He preaches Christ to them and there was great joy in that city. Not just any kind of joy but I noticed in verse number 8 that that joy was evident. Amen. As the Bible said there was. uh, uh, There was witnesses uh, uh, that there was great joy in that city and that's uh, my friend that joy was enormous uh, as the Bible labels it great joy. It wasn't just joy but there was joy unspeakable and full of glory. Uh, There was joy like they had never seen before. It was spiritual joy 
joy. And so we see the enormous, uh, that this joy was enormous. Uh, and then we notice it was everywhere. As the Bible said, there was great joy in that city. Amen. I want to preach a few minutes this morning on this subject on a citywide revival. Amen. A citywide uh, uh, revival. Now people say, Brother Graveling, uh, we can't have revival in these days uh, in America. We can't have it in our city. We can't have it in our country like in days of old uh, because we're living in the last days. Uh, and you know America is so far gone uh, and there's persecution on every hand. Uh, I want to tell you my friend Israel and Samaria. Samaria was without God. Uh, but Jerusalem was far gone in these chapters. Uh, they had crucified the Lord of glory. Uh, they had denied the very Savior, uh, the very one, thy friend, that had come to give them life. Uh, and Saul was reaping havoc. Uh, and there was persecution on the church uh, like they'd never seen before. I want to tell you when revival comes, uh, it doesn't come in days of prosperity. It doesn't come in days uh, of wealth and days of ease. Uh, but it comes in days of persecution. It comes in hard times. Uh, and God sent revival to Samaria. And if they can have revival, guess what? We can have revival in this day and time. Amen. I don't want to roll over and give in to the devil, do you? I still believe the God of the Bible is the God of revival. I believe Bible Baptist Church can have revival. I believe Rossville can have revival. I believe Fort Oglethorpe can still have revival. If people will get right with God, God is more interested in sending revival than what we are in having it. Amen. And I think we've discouraged the younger generation as a whole. In believing, now this thing is about over. But in believing that, hey, there's no hope for America. There's no hope. If I didn't believe there was hope for this country, I'd go to the house and never never walk outside again. Amen? You say, but brother, look how wicked she is. Look how wicked Nineveh was. Look how wicked that city was. But God sent revival. And God may not send revival in these last days. He may choose to annihilate this country. But we don't need to lose hope. And we don't need to quit praying. And we don't need to quit going. And we don't need to take away a hope to another generation. The God of yesterday Yesterday, if we still believe he's the God of today, then we must believe that what he did then, he can still do now. Amen. They didn't want revival in a lot of places in the book of Acts. They hated the church and they persecuted the church, but in spite of the persecution and in spite of the problems, the church went on and had revival. You know, I've seen that across this country. Pockets and places where God is stirring in in a big way. And I'm not talking about some of the foolishness that that we've seen. I'm not talking, hey, hey, I'm going to tell you one thing. I said it a few weeks ago and I want to say it again. If real revival comes to a city, I believe the churches will fill up. I believe, listen, the bars will shut down. I, I believe some things will happen. Can I get a witness right there? I believe if 10,000 people got saved in Rossville, I think some churches would fill up. Amen. You got to beware of people that'll come in and put a massive tent up and say 10 and 20,000 people got saved and you can't find one of them anywhere with a search warrant of the next Sunday and everything's business as usual and the churches are still empty. Hey, that's not revival, friend. That's not what happened in this text. Uh, there was joy in the city, amen, in spite of all the persecution, in spite of all the problems, uh, in spite of what Satan was trying to do. Uh, my friend, God is able to give joy even in the midst 
midst of hard times. I'm glad that my friend that our joy is not dependent on a season. It's not dependent my friend on circumstances. It's not dependent on the economy. It's not dependent on who's president. It's not dependent on our nation. I'm telling you joy comes from within. It's not about happenings and the God that we serve. He's got wells of joy that he can rivers of joy that can flood our soul. Hallelujah. I thank God. I feel good, don't you? I feel like preaching this morning. I felt like going to church this morning. I felt like being around the saints this morning. I I felt like worshiping God this morning. I I felt like getting up and being alive this morning. Hey, thank God it's good to be saved. It's good to be on your way to heaven. It's good to know Jesus Christ. It's good to be free. Hallelujah. Man, I'm glad I'm not bound this morning. I'm glad my worship doesn't depend on who's doing the singing and who's doing the preaching. I'm glad I ain't got nothing in my soul this morning. Uh, uh, you know, there's some people, they can worship with this person. They can't worship with that person. Uh, I'm telling you, you need to grow up and get over that mess. Amen. If you still have revival, if you ever have revival, you'll learn. Uh, it's not about a personality. It's about a person. Uh, and we're making much of Jesus, not anybody in the church. Uh, it's not about a preacher. It's not about a pastor. It's not about a person here this morning. It's all about Jesus Christ. Amen. I didn't come to see you and you didn't come to see me, but I am glad you're here. Amen. But we came to see him, didn't we? And this morning I look at this text and I ask myself this question, what brought this citywide revival? So Brother Gravely, are you saying that, I'm telling you this morning, we need revival in this city, don't we? But it ain't going to start on the street somewhere. It's going to start the church house. And I'm preaching it this morning. I believe the Holy Spirit's having me preach it for this reason. I don't want to go in that law of the holiday season. Can I get an amen right there? I don't want turkey and I don't want presents and I don't want, uh, uh, listen, anything that's going on uh, uh, to rock me to sleep. Sometimes we just give up till the first of the year. And I'm telling you something, it could be the greatest holiday season of your life. Uh, not because, and ain't nothing wrong with having a Christmas tree, nothing wrong with having gifts. Don't misunderstand me. Uh, but thank God it could be the greatest holiday of your life uh, because we could be stronger as we close this year out opposed to being weaker, amen? Uh, I'm telling you, God uh, is still able to send revival in these last days if we're hungry and we want it this morning. What brought this revival? I want to say number one. Look with me in verse number five. I think it was the preaching of the preacher. The Bible said, Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria, notice this, and he preached Christ unto them. I noticed the strategy in this verse here of his preaching. The Bible said that Philip went down to the city of Samaria. Uh, Philip decided he would go to them. He didn't wait for them to come to him. You say, why you pass out candy at a Christmas parade? Because we're not waiting for them to come to us. Uh, why do we have visitation? Why do we have nursing home? Why do we have uh, jail ministries in the church? Because we're not waiting for them to come to us. Uh, we got to go to where they're at uh, and take the gospel to the highways and the hedges uh, and the street corners and preach the word of God I'm telling you the reason they had revival was because a preacher got a burden and said you know what revival's not going to come to me it's not going to happen if I just sit back I got to do something I got to go to where they're at and that's still God's cause amen a man said to me a few months ago he said we just can't get our church to grow and I understand there are places that are just harder than others 
some fields the ground don't yield the fruit like other places. But he said to me, he said, we just can't get our church to grow. I said, do you go out and knock on doors? He said, well, no, we don't. We hadn't really done that. I said, well, just start doing that and see what happens. He said, well, people, what if they don't? I said, they probably won't come. But I said, God will send people. Isn't that the truth? Sometimes we see somebody come. But the Great Commission is not go and see results. It's go. All we got to do is go. That's all we have to do is go. If we go, it's up to him whether or not they come. And if they don't, if nobody comes, we still did our part. And I'll tell you, it's on them and not on us. But I'm telling you, Philip went down. That's the strategy. If we're going to have revival, we got to go after our loved ones. We have to go after our friends, our neighbors. We got to go preach the gospel to them. We got to witness to them. We got to do personal work. We got to get under a burden. We got to shed tears. We got to pass out tracks, not just on Saturday mornings, but we got to have a tear in our eye and a burden in our heart, and we got to go to them. That's the strategy. Preach the gospel unto everyone you know, and my friend, we'll see revival. You know what can happen in a church service? It can be dead and dry and dull. You let a sinner get saved, and we'll all walk out here and say, man, wasn't that a good service? And the same at singing can be four o'clock dead and the saints can be four o'clock dead and the sermon can be four o'clock dead but when a sinner gets saved, you know what it does? A new life breathes, breathes new life in a church, amen? And I tell you, God's still in the soul-saving business. Y'all believe that? I'm talking about the preacher. It was the preaching of the preacher. I see the strategy of his preaching and then I see the subject of his preaching. Notice the Bible said that Philip went down to the city of Samaria and look what he preached. Here Here's his subject. He preached Christ uh, unto them. I, I tell you, when Philip went to Samaria, he had one subject, uh, and that subject was the greatest subject. It's the biggest subject. Uh, it's the largest subject. Uh, it's Jesus Christ. Uh, he's the theme of every text. Uh, he's the center of every story. Uh, he's what this book is about. From Genesis to Revelation, it's all about Jesus. Amen. And he preached Christ unto them. This morning... The center of our worship, the center of our preaching must be Jesus Christ. This morning, Paul said, we preach not ourselves. I don't like to hear people preach themselves. I mean, this morning, if it was all about me, you're going home depressed. If it's all about, I mean, when a singer sings, uh, we preach Christ. When the choir sings, it's not about the singers. It's not about the choir. It has to be about Jesus. Uh, the more we hide ourselves, uh, the more that Christ can be seen. Uh, we're to live our life in a way that people forget us, but they remember Christ. Uh, and Philip didn't go down there for people to see Philip. He didn't go down there to talk about Philip. He didn't go down there to preach Philip. But he went down there and the subject uh, was Jesus Christ. Uh, that's what the world needs. Uh, hey, that's what our homes needs. Uh, that's what our young people need. Uh, they don't just need a good church. They need Jesus. Amen. They don't need to just have a preacher. They need Jesus. They don't just need godly parents but they need Jesus. I'm telling you it needs to be about Christ. And the quickest way to to backslide is to get your eyes off of Jesus. Get it on people and places and problems. Philip went down there in the midst of persecution. I want to say the preaching of the preacher is what brought revival. You know, preaching will always bring revival. 
Amen. And sometimes preaching, sometimes it's encouraging. Sometimes it's plowing. In the days that we live in, there's more plowing than there is encouragement. I wish, but it, you know, plowing is encouraging, isn't it? But I wish I could come with a sugar stick every Sunday, but I'm going to tell you something. God won't let me. Sometimes I go home and I say, God, they're going to hate me before this thing's over with. Because it seems like you're always preaching on something. So somebody says, well, he's always preaching on something. I agree with you. There's always something to preach on, isn't there? I've been to the churches where they don't preach on nothing. Or very little. Or you got to be very diplomatic. I don't want to go to a church where the preacher's diplomatic. I want to go to a church where he's dogmatic. Amen. Where he takes that book and without the fear and favor of man. I don't want him to have a bad spirit, a bad attitude. I don't want him to get up and beat up on the, the saints. I don't like for a preacher to come in and listen, just beat up on the people of God. Amen. I don't think that's right. But I'll tell you what's kept me in the right way down through the years. What's kept our family in the right way. It's been that old fashioned hellfire and brimstone, brimstone and lit leather lung preaching, amen, of the word of God. I'm telling you, it's been that preaching that's been just straight delivered across the pulpit. That's what we need in this hour. Preaching brings repentance, and repentance brings revival, and revival brings renewal, and renewal brings rejoicing. And you can't have revival without repentance. And so we got to preach on sin. We got to preach the whole council. If sinners are going to get saved, they got to know that they're a sinner. They got to know they're in need of a savior. And it's the preaching of the preacher that helped bring revival this morning. I wouldn't want to go to a church where I never got under conviction about anything. I'm going to tell you 99% of the sermons I preach, somewhere in that message convicts my own soul. And this morning I think it has to be that way so it'll be real to both the preacher and the people. This morning, do you want revival? Do you need revival? This morning, heed the preaching of the word of God. What is it that has stolen your heart? What is it that's caused you to drift away? Have you become cold and indifferent? Have you become, has there become an idol in your life? Have you fallen in something in love with something more than Jesus Christ? Have you backed up? Are you not as dedicated and consecrated as you could be and should be? Have you backed up somewhere? Have you let something or someone cause you to backslide? Have you listened to give a gossip an ear to something that's destroyed and corrupted your own soul and your own spirit and now you no longer love God like you used to is there bitterness, is there jealousy is there covetousness, is there anger, is there something there that doesn't need to be there, I'll tell you what will flush it out more than anything old fashioned Holy Ghost heaven sent preaching, thank God it will clean the heart if you'll take heed and you'll listen to the word of God, hey we're living in tougher times than we've ever lived But God can still do what God's always done. The question is, will you be here? Will you hang around long enough to see it? Amen. I'm telling you, friend, there's a lot of people that comes and a lot of people that goes. And some people get weary in the journey and they give up in the fight. But I tell you, by the good grace of God, don't you want to be faithful? Don't you want to be counted faithful? Don't you want to stay true to the end? Don't you want to not dip your colors? Don't you want to not back up? Don't you want to just stay on fire and live for God and have the Spirit of God? Be filled with the Spirit of God all the days of your life. 
If you're saved, he lives in you. But I want to be full, don't you? I don't want to let things and people and places and problems uh, rob me of that joy. Uh, I'm telling you this morning, uh, I don't want to get cynical. I don't want to get sarcastic. I don't want to get to the place uh, where I drift on God uh, and I just go to church and exist. Uh, I don't want something to get a hold of me uh, and to creep in my life. Uh, then I become dull of hearing uh, and numb to the things of God. Uh, I'm talking about this morning. Uh, if we have revival, it'll come through the preaching of the preacher. I love good singing. But singing don't bring revival. I love testifying, and we need more of it. But it don't bring revival. God chose the foolishness of preaching. There's something about preaching that's confrontational. Nobody leaves the church and says, well, you know, I got mad because I didn't like that teaching down there. It just rubbed me the wrong way. I'll tell you, that teacher, he really, I, I just couldn't take no more of that teaching. You know, he just, a, that teacher, he's just a fear monger down there, you know, and he just always putting demands. At, you know, nobody says that about teaching. But they sure say it about preaching, don't they? You know why? Because that's God's way. God manifest his word, Titus 1 and verse 3. God manifest his word through what? Through preaching. Preaching will get the job done. Preaching will save your children. Preaching will keep your heart right. Preaching will keep your home right. Hey, preaching will pull you back in the right way. Preaching will keep you in the traces. Preaching will build some stamina. Preaching will put some steadfastness and consistency in you. Hey, preaching will make you a stronger Christian. The very thing that we don't preach on is the very thing that will consume our church. And friend, we must preach the whole council. We must not leave a stone unturned. Y'all still with me? We ought to say amen to preaching. We ought to throw our hands up to preaching. If you can shout on singing and you get quiet on preaching, God help your sorry soul. You ought to love preaching enough to get under the man of God when he's plowing and help him plow on. You say, well, you're the man of God. That's right. And I'm telling you, you ought to get with it because you need it and I need it. Hallelujah. Man, why do we have dead services? Why do people stare at you when you preach like you've grown two heads? Can I get an amen right there? I'm telling you, if God rescued your soul from a devil's hell and he's blessed you and saved you and put you under the gospel and let you hear the word of God, I don't care if Mickey Mouse was doing a preaching. You ought to say amen if it's a truth. Amen. I'm just telling you this morning, I'm against Disney, by the way, but I'm telling you this morning, I thank God for preaching. Amen. Thank God for preaching. You say, well, I don't like some of the things you say. I can't help it. Amen. Go on and read your Bible. Amen. Preaching. I feel like preaching. Amen. I looked at that this morning and said, that's about a 15-minute sermon. But I'll tell you, preaching will rise up in your soul. It'll help you. It'll make you stronger. And this morning, I'll tell you, we need it like we've never needed it before. If you only knew... If you only knew the mess, the garbage, the things that pastors deal with on a week-to-week basis, you'd understand fully this morning why that we need preaching more than we've ever needed it. I'm telling you, in the best of our churches, you walk in and see everybody in their Sunday best. I'm talking about in the best of our churches. It looks like there's not a problem on the surface. 
But if the curtain was pulled back this morning, and I think as members you're not supposed to know. I've always, by the grace of God, I always want to be this way. I don't, I don't unload on the deacons. I don't unload on church members. You say, why? It's because they don't pastor the church. Man, if I was a member, I'd want to go to church and enjoy church. Can I get an amen? I wouldn't want the pastor coming and whining to me every week about every problem. If not, he, needs to, he needs to resign the church. Is that right this morning? I mean, I'm just telling you, hey, if these deacons don't, don't need me shelling out everything that goes on around here unless there's a real problem, uh, they want to come and enjoy God and enjoy the church and, and pray for the preacher and pray for the church. Uh, but God didn't call them the pastor of the church, uh, and so it's not right, uh, and it's not doing them right to unload every problem that you face. But I'm telling you this morning, uh, if you only knew uh, how close hell was uh, to breathing down the neck of the church uh, and destroying this home here and destroying that home there and this morning just because you didn't say it doesn't mean I didn't see it. Amen. I'm telling you the Holy Ghost just like this morning he'll turn the light on for you. I feel about 10 acres of God down in my soul right now. I'm telling you friend he'll let you see some things and he'll let you pray about it and then he'll let you preach on it. Amen. That's right. Boy this morning I'm telling you I'm thankful that the Holy Ghost of God some of you are in trouble and I, your pastor can see it as clear as day. And one or two of you have been ticked off at me for about a month and I can see that clear as day. I want you to know I love you and I'm praying for you. If you ever get right with God, you'll get right with me about it. Say anybody said anything to you? No, yeah, they have. Somebody has been talking to me about that. It's the Holy Spirit of God. And this morning, I ain't saying anything to be mean to you. I think you know that. I love everybody in this church. But I tell you what I do know as a pastor this morning, what I've seen across this country. You back up one inch. One inch. You lighten up one bit this morning. And it ain't about the church always. You just back up one inch. There's a family sitting here this morning. I'm not talking about somebody in particular. I'm just saying, if I was to back up one inch or just quit mentioning some things, I guarantee there's a family sitting right here this morning. Won't be here six months from now. The devil will get them. He'll get them. The Bible said he walketh about seeking whom. There'd be a young person not here six months from now. But back up one little bit. Just, just, just quit mentioning one thing. And some family will suffer this morning. Preaching. Oh, thank God. I look back through the teenage years and the young adult years. Thank God for preaching. Eight times, I mean, it just stripped me of everything I thought I had. And I came to the altar broken. God, just turn the light on and let you see yourself. And it's an ugly sight. But thank God for preaching. Real preaching. Delivered with a burden, seasoned with the Holy Spirit. That put me in an altar. And I'm not telling you I'm everything I want to be. I'm just telling you I thank God for preachers who got right in my face in love. And I knew they prayed for me. I knew they cared about me. And I knew they, they, but they loved me enough to just tell me the truth. Tell me the truth. Even if, it, even if it hurt my little old feelings, they told me the truth. 
because they cared for my soul. They wasn't worried about, they wasn't going home worrying about if I was upset with them. You know what they were doing? They were caring enough about keeping me in the right way, keeping my wife in the right way. Thank God for that kind of preaching. The preaching of the preacher. And then secondly, the participation of the people. That's why they had revival. Look at verse 6. And the people with one accord gave heed unto those things which Philip spake, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. I notice the attitude of the people here. The Bible said the people with one accord. They were in perfect unity. They listened to what Philip had to say. They took in. It, it, they, they, and nobody out here I don't think does this, but, but you know it's true. They didn't do this right here. Oh, they, they were interested. They, he had something from God and, and they listened to, to the Word of God. Hey, you know, that's the thing about uh, preaching. You don't ever know when God's going to deliver a sermon. I mean, it would be the time of season you would think uh, that you'd be preaching about Christmas. Sometimes I do if I feel led and sometimes I don't. Uh, but I tell you, it's just like God. Uh, I remember one year on Mother's Day, God said, preach on hell. I said, God, I said, it's Mother's Day. He said, it's the Lord's Day. Preach on hell this morning. Uh, I'll tell you, we had some folks get saved. God knows what we need and when we need it. I'm glad he's not bound and dictated by the seasons of man and the schedule of man. If he wants to move in this congregation this morning and rattle all of our cages and wake us up and get us closer to heaven, then so be it. God do it this morning. Hallelujah. The attitude of my heart and your heart, we need to all be in one accord this morning to the preaching. You know, you take one person that's not lined up with it this morning. They can grieve the Holy Spirit and hinder a whole service. And I'll tell you what God will do for that person. In mercy and grace, he'll give them a time, a space. But if they don't repent, he'll move them out. And the church will go on. The attitude of these people. God help me to keep the attitude to always listen. They listen. With one accord, they gave heed. Notice the action. They gave heed unto those things. They didn't just hear, but they gave heed. That means they put into practice what he preached. They believed what he said. Do you believe the Bible this morning? Don't listen to my outline. Do you hear the message and do you believe it this morning? Do you need revival? Do you want revival? We all can say yes, but in particular, has the Holy Spirit dealt with you about it this morning? The attitude of these people, the action. And then I noticed the attendance. The Bible said that they heard and they saw the miracles which he did. Now, you don't have to be a Bible scholar to figure this out. To see it meant you had to be there. Isn't that right? That's real deep, isn't it? I didn't get that out of a commentary this morning. But to see it, I mean you had to be there. They were present. Hey, hear me this morning. Don't you let the devil talk you out of missing church. Can I get an amen? Brother, you need every single service that goes on around here. I understand sometimes things happen. People get sick. And and hey, if you're running a fever, do us all a favor and don't come. Can I get an amen? But don't go put a bar of soap under your arm and take your temperature, amen, and get it up to, you know, 97 degrees. I better stay home. I'm telling you, I'm at 97. I don't know if that works, but I heard it as a child. <laughs> Half of y'all go home, try that this afternoon, won't you? If you? Hey, if it works, let me know. I'd like to know. Don't look for an excuse. 
Be faithful to church. You know, let me just hit this while I'm on it. Sometimes people's, I hear why people miss church and I'm blown away. You miss church for that? When 10, 15 years ago, you'd have never missed church for that. You know how quiet it is here right now? You don't miss church. What are you going to tell God to judgment seat about that? You say, preacher, are you? No, I'm I'm just trying to help you this morning. Because what we have could be gone in less than 30 days. You realize that? This church ain't near as strong as the devil makes me and you think it is. I'm going to tell you, this church this morning, Brother Tim, it's been here since 1961. But this church this morning is like a fine piece of china with a crack already in it. It wouldn't take 30 days for this place to be gone. And all it takes is a little lukewarmness. They gave heed their attitude, their actions this morning. Then I'll say this in their attendance. Not only was it the participate, you know, let me just mention, the Lord won't let me get off of it. Don't ever complain about how much your church is doing. I, and I haven't heard anybody. I'm just preaching. Don't ever complain about how much is going on around here. I've never heard that complaint, but I felt led to say it. Because you could be in a place where nothing and if you say, well, I'd like to be in a church where they just wasn't so much, I'd kind of be good. Then you need revival. You need revival. I understand people get older and they get, they get you know, physically, they can't, they can't do what they used to do. I understand that. I have a hard time with it, but I understand it because I know. It, it's hard to see people that's always went, slow down. And, and, and I have a hard time letting go of that. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I want everybody to keep doing the same thing you've been doing and I'll keep doing the same thing I've been doing until we're all about 99 years old. Wouldn't that be good? So if you mow the yard around here, just plan on mowing it until you're 99 years old. If you blow the leaves up, blow them until you're 100, okay? I mean, that's how I wished it could be. But, but in reality, I know people have to physically, they can't do what they used to. That's not what bothers me the most. What bothers me sometimes, and I see it other places. I, I was preaching for a guy I knew not too long ago. And here's what he said to me. He said, let's just do three days. Just whatever you want to do, preacher. He said, yeah, let's just do three days. He said, my people won't come Thursday and Friday. He said, they just, they just quit on Thursdays and Friday. Isn't that sad? That people would just quit. And I understand what he's saying. He said, I'd rather just end on Wednesday night with a full crowd and as, as, as get all stirred up and get help. And he said, and then we just end with and everybody. They go to the football game on Friday night, Thursday night. He said, I don't know where they're at. But he said, he said it's just a, just a few people. I said, well, let's, let's just do that. But isn't it sad that in America we've come to that place? When people, and I ain't against this, but that same crowd will get up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day and go to work. Oh, but Brother Gravely, we got to go to work. We got to have revival too. Work's important. Them kids, they got to get a good education. They got to have a spiritual education. I'm going to tell you something this morning. It'd be far better with a spiritual education than a formal education. 
And I'm for both. You understand that this morning. I don't want kids to be dumb. I want them to, be, I want them to learn. I want them to get a good education. And I want them to graduate. But not at the expense of their spirituality this morning. The power that was present. Look at verse number 6. Verse 7. For the unclean spirits crying with a loud voice came out of many that were possessed with them. And many taken with palsies and that were lame were healed. I notice supernatural power, spiritual power, strengthening power, sovereign power in this verse because it's God's power. Philip goes down, he preaches, the people listen, they take heed, and then God does the rest. And that's how it is, isn't it? The man of God preaches. We all, including the preacher, we take heed to what's been said. But then it's God that has to send the power. We don't have it in ourselves, do we? But how many of y'all this morning, you don't have to raise your hand, I'm not asking you to do that, but how many of y'all this morning in your heart can say, I believe God has the power to send revival to my heart, to my home, to my family this morning. We need that kind of revival, don't we? I hope you know this morning, I'd never in any way say anything just to be, just to be mean or anything like that. I, I just feel such a burden this morning. I pray that God will let Bible Baptist Church stay in a spirit of revival. I pray that these young people, I pray that when they grow up, and I know you do, it's not just me. I don't want to sound that way. But our burden this morning as the pastor is that you young people look at me. Is that every one of you young people will, will know that you're saved that you'll marry in the perfect will of God and that you will stay in an old-fashioned, independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, King James, mission-minded Baptist church, and particularly this one. I told all these girls, I said, we marry, we tell them, if you ever meet a guy, you tell them we marry in, we don't marry out. Amen. Don't work, but I tried. But I'm telling you this morning, I thank God for Bible Baptist. Don't you, don't you thank God for His church? Where would we be at today if we didn't have a place to come worship God? And this morning as we stand, our heads are about eyes are closed. Just if the Holy Spirit...